Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bundle Buzz. I'm Cassie, and I'm joined by my lovely sister, Jackie. Your lovely sister. Well, thank you for the warm welcome and intro, Cassie. And, you know, we love Bundle Buzz. We love this podcast because, as you all know, Jackie and I have our own custom board game company named Bundle, and we create custom games for families. And families tell us their stories, but we have to keep these stories confidential for privacy reasons. But we started Bundle Buzz so we could share these stories with anyone who wants to listen. And and so we are super pumped for another episode of Bundle Buzz today. So we are very excited because we have a very special guest on the podcast today. Please welcome Laura Pearson. Okay, Laura is the winner of the Amazing Race Season 26, where she raced 35,000 miles around the world. She is also an executive producer. She's worked for Entertainment Tonight, Hallmark Channel, Great American Community, and she's Emmy-nominated, and she's one of the most delightful people we know. So, Laura, thank you for being here today. Hi, thank you. I was recording over here to Instagram to make sure I get all this good content, so don't mind me if you saw that. Oh my goodness. No, we love it. As a producer, you're always thinking about how to create content and share content. So we're grateful that you're doing it. No, no, you can't. And it's really important because how is anybody going to know if you don't share? So Laura, as an Emmy nominated producer who's worked for so many amazing places and speaking of amazing, (laughs) winner of the amazing race, as we are saying, what have you learned from all of these experiences? How much time do we have? What I learned from those experiences? Oh my goodness. I mean, listen, starting my career at Entertainment Tonight, I learned so much. It was a crash course in how to be an amazing producer, how to be resilient. You're going to hear a lot of no's in the business, but how to have thick skin and deal with all those no's. And then also working at Hallmark. And I just grew so much as a producer and now Great American Community and what we've created. We've created a whole digital platform. And not only is it a digital platform, but it's a community where viewers get to interact with their favorite lifestyle experts and favorite Great American Family celebrities. And both of you are part of that, which is so exciting. And then The Amazing Race. I I guess the way that I described The Amazing Race is it was before manifesting was such a big thing. I feel like I manifested myself to be on that show. And then once I was on, I feel like I manifested myself to win. Oh, I love that. And Jackie and I, we are big fans of manifestation. We have our vision board, we make it every year. And so the fact that you literally manifested that getting on the show and winning it, I mean, you're just, that's inspiration goals right there. So with that, we are going to jump into our bundle game. And Laura, you were so kind ahead of time filling out our bundle blueprint, telling us all about yourself. And with that information, we've catered now this bundle game to you and and your life experiences so i feel so honored i mean this is kind of a big deal like do we understand what a big deal this is i'm very honored like you guys is with danica mckeller and paul green and all these people and now me now you well we've been wanting to ask you for quite a while now so we're really happy that you're here with us playing bundle buzz it's so funny because i kept wanting to dm you both like 
hey, like, do you think that maybe I could be a guest sometime? And then when you reach out, I'm like, there we go. I manifested this. (laughs) Well, we were completely fangirling and wondering if it was okay to ask you to do it. (laughs) So we're really stoked that not only did you say yes, but that you actually wanted to. So thank you again, Laura. Love it. Thank you. All right, so we are going to jump into our very first segment of Bundle Buzz. Name four. In this segment, Laura, we will have you name four things in a particular category. And if you're able to do it, you will get one point. I'm nervous. (laughs) You're good thinking under pressure. So I I, I have a feeling you're going to be pretty good with this. So name four qualities of a successful producer. Okay, four qualities of a successful producer. I would say resilience. You got to be resilient. You have to have thick skin. Creative. I mean, literally anytime I'm anywhere walking down the street, our Uber driver a couple nights ago, I was thinking about a TV show idea with him. He's done 18,000 rides. So creativity and looking everywhere for different ideas and projects. Positivity. I think that you know, I would rather have someone on my team that's positive than the smartest person in the room because, you know, you either have that quality or you don't and competitive. Ooh, you get a point. Ding, ding, ding. I love the point, Laura, that you bring up about riding in a taxi and thinking of ideas because I think that's so, it's such an interesting point that as a producer, you always just have your eyes and ears open for ideas. And it's cool that any experience, whether it's walking through the city, riding in a taxi, being in your car, whatever it is, you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, just think about it. Is it Cake, that show that's on Netflix? So much stuff was coming up on my Instagram feed of people slicing into things and it turned out to be Cake. And literally before that show, a week before, I'm like, Maybe there's a show here, and then that show came about. So being a producer is literally everywhere you turn, thinking of different ideas. Is that how Cash Cab came into being, do you think? I don't know, but I kind of thought so, because as I was talking to the the Uber driver, I was like, okay, so 18,000 trips, what was the craziest? And he said this craziest was a woman that paid him to drive her to Vegas, stay overnight and paid him to drive her home and he made a thousand dollars in like 24 hours oh i am very intrigued to know the specifics of what was happening in that situation there were there were a lot of other things that went on there that were i probably will not share but it was very very interesting it was a little like oh, okay this is a little wild well i completely respect you keeping his secrets, but I just think it's so great that people feel like they can open up to you like that and that you're helping them to really get in touch with their imagination and their creativity and what they can accomplish. Oh, thank you. Okay, Laura, are you ready for your next segment? Yes, I am. It is time for you to pick your destiny. Okay, I'm ready. So for our Pick Your Destiny card in our bundle game, it's either going to be something good that happens to you or something bad that happens to you. And we pulled information from your bundle blueprint to create your Pick Your Destiny card. So here it is. Laura has a wardrobe malfunction when she is about to interview Elton John. But despite the snafu, Laura is his favorite interview of the day. Get one point. 
Okay, we need to hear this full story. Okay, so when I worked at ET Entertainment Tonight, I worked my way up to a field producer. It was my first celebrity I was ever going to interview. And they're like, you're going to go interview, you know, this guy you might have heard from about him. His name is Elton John. I'm like, can I get like, you know, like a kid that's maybe been on a Disney show or something first, like Elton John. So I go, I see his movie. I'm all prepared. My best friend, who was also my roommate at that time, let me borrow her brand new dress that she's never worn before. So it's at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills. So bougie. The best junkets were always at the Four Seasons Beverly Hills. So I was super excited. Okay, I get there. And his manager pulls me aside before I go in and interview him and said, listen, there are certain questions you can ask and certain ones you can't. When I sit down to talk to her, the whole back of the dress splits completely open. And I was like, and there's all, it's she and I and all these men. And all the men are like, whoa, nice underwear. Mind you, I'm like... 24 years old like really gross first number one (laughs) and number two she's like what happened I was like um the whole back of my dress completely split open so she gave me her sweater tied it around my waist the publicist from Disney because it was a Disney movie helped me and she pinned the back of it did not stay at all it just poked me in the butt so I go to sit down to interview Elton and and his publicist whispers in his ear he's like oh honey I heard you pulled a Janet Jackson (laughs) I was like I did wow okay like it kind of eased my nerves and then he was awesome we played a game and I heard that he could be a very difficult interviewer because remember I mean he's been in the industry for a very long time he's been interviewed by so many people that I'm sure it gets exhausting after a while but he was so nice so kind gave me extra time for the interview. And then his publicist called my boss and said how much Elton appreciated me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was really cool. It's like a story for the books. I mean, I feel like that's so inspiring because I think that that would have happened to the vast majority of people and I wouldn't have blamed them at all. It just would have like packed it up and gone home and been like, I there's nothing I can do. What am I going to do? I'm so freaked out. Or even if they went through with it, they would have been so rattled that the concentration wouldn't have been there. But you actually took a situation that was impossibly difficult and made the most out of it. And sounds like he had a great time. <laughs> Thank you. I also have to say, if he hadn't been so kind, maybe it would have been different. But I really thought, like, what can I do? This isn't something that I did on purpose. It happened. Thankfully, this kind woman gave me her sweater that I'm able to wrap around my waist. He made a joke of it. Let's have fun. And he'll always remember that interview. So uh, if nothing else, you were memorable um, with Elton John and that is not an easy feat. So So do we think that Elton John tells the story about the girl whose tush was hanging out during his interview? Like, do we think that's an actual thing? Because if so, that's really cool. I 100% think that's an actual thing because I love the fact that it's like, this is your first huge interview. You're so young and yet you still managed to have the chutzpah to be like, I'm going to do it anyway. I didn't also want to get fired from entertainment tonight. I come back and they're like, uh, Laura, your first job and you interviewing a celebrity and you couldn't even get it done. Yeah. I didn't really have any other options. It's not just a celebrity. It's like 
Elton John. Like, yeah. I mean, that's so iconic. And the kind of interview that I think most people would dream of for their entire career. So that's just so thrilling. That's a good point. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, Laura, it is time for our third segment of Bundle Buzz. Act it out. Ooh, okay. This one's fun. So in this segment, Jackie and I are going to act something out. And you will do your best to guess what we are acting out. Now, because podcasting is not a visual medium, we will ask you to describe in as much detail what you're seeing for for our listeners here. Okay, you got it. And if we're not doing a great job and you're not sure what you're seeing, feel free to share that with the bundle buzzers. Like, I don't know what these gals are doing. Like, we're going to try our best. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Are you both okay. ready? Are you ready to act this out? Oh, I sure hope so, Jackie. All right, on the count of three, one, two, three. Okay, two words. Okay, two. Okay, yes. So it's two words. Really, two fingers. Okay, five. Oh, stop. Okay, a hand up, armpit. Stop. Pit stop. Pit stop. Yeah. Pit stop, like amazing race up yes. there. You guys were showing your armpits. There's, I love there's a it. Why, there's a reason why she won the million. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord. Okay. It. So, yeah, you get a point. It was pit stop. Now we need to dive into the race. All right. So, you were on season 26. We need to know for you, you know, what were the more stressful moments of being on the race? What were the exciting parts of being on the race? Give us the full full rundown here. Well, the Amazing Race for me was a dream of a lifetime. I had wanted to be on the race actually, I think it was four years before I got on. I was a girlfriend and I, we were working at ET. She was a celebrity assistant. I was a celebrity assistant. We made a video. I then got scouted to be on Survivor, went through that process. Four years later had Phil, the host of The Amazing Race on Home and Family, accosted him. Literally. I accosted him and said, listen, I'm going to be on The Amazing Race and I'm going to win. He was very polite, but kind of like, okay. Like, he hears that all the time. A year later, I'm out at a restaurant in um, Santa Monica. The casting director comes in. And I recognized her because I had interviewed before with her for Survivor, Amazing Race. So I start looking like I'm fun. So I try and get her more and her attention. She comes over and she goes, would you want to be on the amazing race? And are you single? And I said, Lynn, I have met with you before. I have dreamed about being on the amazing race and I'm actually single right now. What, like, what do you mean? Am I single? She goes, we're going to do a blind date season. Went through casting and ended up on the show. I don't know if that answered your question, but it just kind of got into like the way that my love affair with The Amazing Race began. No, I'm so glad you said that because I had no idea, and I'm a huge fan of yours and a huge fan of the show, and I had no idea that you had had that experience before and that you were just there like in this restaurant. Like you really, you really are so good at putting yourself out there in a way that I think most people would be like, oh, I don't know. I'm tentative about it. But I was saying to Cassie before we started the interview with you, on your season of The Amazing Race, 
I remember that, it, you know, it was, it was half blind dates, half people who were already established couples. And the already established couples, some of them were so smug, being like, oh, these, these couples that are brand new, they're never going to win the race. And I was a fan of your and Tyler's from the beginning. And I was like, no, I have a feeling that one of the non-couple couples will win. And you did. And I was just so happy to prove to them, like, you guys were wrong. Thank you. It actually, it was really interesting to see some of the blind daters completely fall apart as well as some of the couples completely fall apart. Like I actually think that the race was the demise of the Olympians. Like they're no longer together. I think that she was so upset with him because she really felt like he was the reason why they were eliminated. But Tyler and I, it just, it worked so well. We just got each other. We didn't have to worry about like the love affair. We just wanted to race and have a good time. Mm. And did you and Tyler do anything, you know, especially in the early days of the race to develop a rapport? Like, did you guys do get to know you questions in taxi rides? How did you start to develop your, your partnership? So what's really interesting is that, you know, I ran up and I met Tyler and right after meeting him, they stopped cameras and we were able to talk. And of course, production's like, stop talking. Everybody needs to be on camera when they talk. And all of us were just excited. So I was like, where are you from? How old are you? So I remember all these questions I had asked him before we even did our first challenge. And then after our first challenge, which was a tough mutter on our flight from LAX to Tokyo, we talked for hours. Like, where are you from? Why did you want to do the race? I said to him, which he was really cool about that. Like I'm a fan of the amazing race. If I wanted to find love, I would have gone on the bachelor. I would go on any dating app. Like that was not my intention. Yes. It was a great bonus. Like who knows? Maybe that could have been my love story, but that's not why I went on the show. I went on the show for my love of the race, my love of travel and my love of, of adventure. Yeah, and I feel like with your season, it was very easy to see that you and Tyler were so compatible as a team because both of you put the love of the race first and the respect that you had for each other as partners and racers who were really, really committed to getting it done. And even when there were stressful times, at least what was shown on – I'm like pointing to my TV over here. because, But what was shown on the race – we didn't see you guys having the breakdowns and the meltdowns that we saw other people have. You guys had your eyes on the prize from day one. Yeah, it really kind of was like that. I actually, so I was just at an event with Claire and Derek who were on Big Brother, fell in love. They're on The Amazing Race this season. And I was talking to Claire about this, that like the thing that was really difficult for me was that there was no one to turn to. I turned 30 on the race. I missed my mom. I missed my family. I missed my friends. And throughout the whole time of the race, Sometimes you just wanted to be hugged or held or like, yes, Tyler and I spent time together, but he was a complete stranger. I'm not going to like divulge my secrets to him or really go to him too much when I needed that like love and affection. So that was a tricky thing for me. And then you're not going to go. I became friends with Jackie from my season and Jenny and, and Ashley, but we're all competing for a million dollars. Like, I'm not going to go to them and say, hey, I'm having a hard day because that's not the way that, that the race was. So the difficult thing was that, like, I literally had myself. 
And that's a really weird thing for the race. Like on Survivor, on Big Brother, you have yourself and you know going into it. But on the race, you have that other person. So for our season, that was a little tricky for me to kind of navigate. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. If you're going into Survivor or Big Brother, you know that's what you're getting into. But the fact that Amazing Grace is so focused on existing friendships and, and partnerships, but you did not have that, that's an interesting element to go up against. And the other thing that, you know, Jackie and I as super fans of The Amazing Grace wanted to, to ask you about is you came into Amazing Race having been a producer uh, on other shows. And what was your experience being on the race? Did you tend to think of things with your producer hat on or did you take your producer hat off and sort of just run the race? And the reason we ask is because on the, the most recent season, the Holderness couple, they said one of their advantages to doing the race was they all also think like producers and they would see something on the table and they would think, oh, they placed it there because it's a clue. But other times, you know, it, it would just be a red herring and it wouldn't help them at all. So curious, um, how, how was it having this producer experience while being a racer? It's interesting because I actually talked to them about that after they won. And they both said they wouldn't go, I want a winter season. And they both said they wouldn't do a winter season. They would want to be producers on the winter season. And that, that they would go and they would produce this, which I think is really interesting and fun. But I think really some of it wasn't being a producer. It was just kind of common sense because Tyler was not a producer and he knows a lot of things that I did that strangely other teams didn't. I think the whole thing with the race is you have to be observant. For example, there's a drone over there. That's where you should go. You don't run that way. And I think that that's what some people did. Like the last challenge, Haley rappelled down this tower before we did. She thought a clue was on top of a, a garage building. Me, being a producer thought, and I saw the same thing that she did where I thought there was a clue on top of a garage building. I was thinking, this is the finale of the amazing race. Why would they put a clue on top of a garage building? I turn and I look and I see flags in the other direction. So I knew that's where we're, I don't think that's a producer as much as like doing my research, watching the show and realizing kind of how the amazing race works compared to oh, we're in the finale, it's going to be on a garage building. So probably being a producer helps, but I also just think being observant really helps. Sorry, we should be moving on to the next segment, but I have one more question that I just want to know. Um, so if there was a winter season and you got – so it would be great to see you and Tyler race together again, but if you could pick anyone that – not even like who you love the most or who you get along the most, but who do you think that you have in your life that would give you the best chance of winning the race again? Oh, so you're saying like not even someone that was on the amazing race. Yeah, it could be anyone in your life that you this feel like your skill set. So, so, so weird because literally James Wallington, who won season 31, 30, I have the chills. He and I always say we're going to do it together. He literally just, <laughs> I just want a notification from him. It is the universe. I, I, have, notification. I, I, got, I have the chills. I have the chills. Literally. Okay. Because listen, I would race around the world again with Tyler. Tyler's amazing. He's great. However, what I keep pitching is that they should take 24 winners 
and then have us all do a challenge and pick our partners like schoolyard picks. Yes. And James and I would do it together. We've already told Will. We've told his husband, like, listen, we love you, Will. You're going to have to do it with someone else. That's so funny because I literally, I always say James and I, I would love to do the race with him. He's one of my best friends. It would just be amazing. I'm counting down the days to when this season airs, you know, Laura. So I know I keep, I, I keep trying, you know, since my season, I have been talking to Phil and Bertram, who's the creator and um, producers like you guys, we got to do this. We got to do this. How are we going to do this? They're probably like, Laura, leave us alone. <laughs> No, you can't. No. Because here's the thing. We, especially a culture now that we really like nostalgia and we love reboots and we love seeing people that we know. Like, yes, I'm loving all the new seasons. I love the new people. But I think that please, please, if anyone is listening, give the people what they want. <laughs> it worked so well for survivors. Seeing Boston, Rob come and Tyson and Wendell and seeing some of our favorite players come together and compete it was epic to see so many of the amazing races and I'll be honest there are some winners I am not too fond of and there is one that if I am paired with her I don't even know if we'll make it through the first episode because I might just like her. <laughs> oh my gosh I'm dying to know but we're not going to make you um okay. it'd be good names. tv though it'd be good tv yeah I know that's why I see the producers too listen if you pair me with her <laughs> it'll be interesting because one of us will kill the other <laughs> Uh, Laura, thank you so much. We'll move on to the next segment, but we have to thank you for letting us indulge in that because we had planned to ask just a few questions and then Cassie and I were really geeking out. So we appreciate it. No, thank you. I love it. I could talk about the race and reality TV all day long. Oh my gosh. So could we, we need to, like, we need to do this again because this is too much fun. Okay. I love it. So for our next segment, are you ready for a challenge? Yes. Okay, so for our challenge cards in the bundle game, it might be something like a trivia question or a fun little activity that you have to do or a question that is kind of introspective and getting to know you. So we want to know, what is something about yourself that would surprise people to learn about you? Something about myself that a lot of people don't know is I actually have a fear of flying. I've traveled all around the world, as you said, 35,000 miles around the world on The Amazing Race. So I flew as a kid all the time, loved it all the way through college. When I was flying back from Italy from studying abroad, I had the worst turbulence ever. Like completely the scariest thing, thought the plane was going to go down. And from then on, I have a very irrational fear and I've tried everything. I've had glasses of wine before I fly. I've meditated. I've listened to like hypnosis. I am still very scared of flying. There was one flight on the race. And for the race, it was different because your adrenaline's going and you kind of like realize, okay, you're going to be fine. But there was one flight on the race where we were going from Namibia to South Africa and the turbulence was so, so, so bad that when we landed, even the camera and audio men were like, okay, that was really scary. Like, I, I was actually thinking we were going to go down. So I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm not that big of a wuss. But yes, that that is something people don't know about me. Oh, my God. Well, first off, I can relate to everything you're saying because I also, I've flown a decent amount of my life, but I'm so terrified of it. In fact, I took about a six 
year break just started flying this year because, you know, the phobia got really bad. Has there been anything? I know you said the wine doesn't help or anything, the hypnosis, but do you just sort of muscle through it? Um, Does anything help? So I don't really drink very much anymore. So like for me, and then like, I'm like, okay, that, that, that that's not a good coping mechanism to have a couple glasses before a flight, you know, like, so really what I try to do is anytime that negative thought comes in, I immediately, I know it sounds so simple, but it's almost like deflecting it out of your brain and not letting it absorb in. And then if there is some turbulence, oh my gosh, I'm getting hot even thinking about it. I, I tell myself, oh, this is like, it's a ride. It's like a ride. Don't look around. It's when you start to see other people's heads bobble that for me starts to freak me out or if I see other people get freaked out. So I just try to like relax and close my eyes. And someone recently told me that actually it's science. I sound so stupid, but I'm just gonna say it's like science. But basically the plane at how fast you're going, it's basically encapsulated in jello. Like that's the way to think about it. So whether you have turbulence or not, you're really stuck in this like capsule in space. Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not doing this any justice. No, it's actually making us feel better. So please continue. So I thought about that the last time I flew like, okay, Anytime you bounce around, it's not like you're bouncing huge distances. You're really just in this kind of like little jello bubble. Right, right. And in this safe bubble, and even though, yeah, it may feel really jiggly, you are in this sort of like... Yeah, yeah. it's like going over a speed bump. Like, okay, you go over a speed bump, you're fine. So I kind of equated to that and it somewhat helped. Well, you definitely get a point for that because when we heard this on your bundle blueprint, I was like, okay, this this is such a relatable fear for so many people. And I think that if someone saw you on the race or, you know, you travel a lot for your job, Laura, and, and you're always going off somewhere fun, whether it's professionally or socially. And to know that you feel that fear, but you do it anyway, I think is really inspiring. So this is something interesting that my favorite yoga teacher said a couple weeks ago that there's a difference between being fearless and being brave. So I am not fearless. I have a lot of fears, but I'm brave. So in face of those fears, I go through it anyways, rather than running away from it. So whether it's a fear of flying, whether it's a fear of public speaking, I mean, sometimes when I have to give a presentation, I'm fine. I'm great. Other times, there's fear, but you can't run away from your fear because then that's when it takes over. So you have to be brave. Oh man, this is like a full on TED talk. This is great, Laura. Thank you for all these words of inspiration. I'm going to be, I'm literally going to be channeling you the next time I fly. So, um, and Laura, I, I can attest to that fact because I flew with Cassie recently. I hear her talk to herself and do whatever she can to say it. And I have a feeling that she's going to be saying like Laura's words. Literally, just don't let it go in there. Once you start to get that fear, don't just go like just deflect it. Even if you're just doing this to the air and people think you're crazy, who cares? Yeah. At least you're not feeling that fear. Flick it away. Yeah. I'll, I'll think of the jello. It's going to help me through. So, yeah. On to our final segment, which is the final bundle. Laura, you are such a creative and talented person and you have accomplished so much in your career. We would love to know, what is your current dream project that you would love to work on? 
Ooh, current dream project. Okay, I can't give too much away here, but after Home and Family was canceled, Michael Hinckley, who's one of the other executive producers for Great American Community, he and I started our own production company. And we started developing shows. In a year, I think we developed five. And one of them is very, very, very far along in the process of being sold. So that would be something that career-wise I'd be really excited about. And then uncareer-wise, I would say definitely Amazing Race winter season. Yes. We're wanting both of these things to happen desperately if you can't <laughs> Tell. Thank you. And Laura, before we let you go, um, what's your bundle buzz? Let's tell the listeners where they can find you and all the fun things that you're working on so they can stay up to date with you. Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at LPBunny. I'm also on Twitter and I just like cannot fully get into Twitter. So I would not say to follow me there. You can. I don't even know what my name is there, but definitely LP Bunny on Instagram is the best place to find me. Awesome, Laura. Thank you so much for being here. And Bundle Buzzers, thank you for listening. You can find us at The Bundle Gate and please follow us and subscribe to the podcast. And Laura, we are so excited to be working with you for Great American Community, and we can't wait to see you soon. Yay, you're supposed to come to L.A., aren't you? Yeah, I got to come to – I hopefully will come to L.A. like next month, so we should hang out. Okay, I would love that. Let's do that and keep the conversation going. And Cassie, you better get over your fears and come too. That sounds great. (laughs) Yay! Okay, I'll show you a really fun L.A. night. Oh my it. gosh, we would love that. Yeah, I, I need I need like LA friends who can teach me how to be healthy and go hiking. And stuff. Oh yeah, we can hike, then we can go out, we can, you know, have a bundle of fun. Oh, hear that? She's a producer. <laughs> Thanks so much, Laura. Thank you. Produced by Audiogasmic LLC.